Hello. This is for Sarah. Who's sick? The Trail Bride by Secret Raylo Trash or Bad Old West. Chapter 1. Nima has a broken neck. Down, down, down into the darkness of the grave. Gently they go, the beautiful, the tender, the kind. Quietly they go, the intelligent, the witty, the brave. I know, but I do not approve, and I am not resigned. Dirge Without Music by Edna St. Vincent Millay April 1849, 100 miles outside of Laramie There wasn't a time to properly sit at her husband's grave, and there was no way to go but forward. Stones would have to suffice. Rolled heavy in a pile that would assure bandits would not rend his final resting place to shreds. The guide warned her of this, though he would only take the shirt off his back to his next life. Thieves on the trail would be looking for just that if they did not cover that grave properly. It was a hasty funeral on the wagon train schedule. They even carried him five miles after he fell from his horse, dead on impact, to a spot up ahead to make better time so that the women and children could take their supper by the river while the husbands and fathers dealt with the corpse at his recent widow's insistence. Ray watched with her hands as uh, watched with her hands on her hips, stern-faced, as the men in the party piled stones over his lifeless body. With all of them working, it did not take much time. If she was tired enough, she could have rested her eyes and lifted her lids to see the deed done, men wiping dust from their palms. But she kept them open. She did not weep. Her sleeves were rolled as if to help, but Finn had placed his hands on her shoulders and shook his head. He was so bold as to take the shovel out of her hands. He had not made her laugh a few times. Oh, had he had not made her laugh a few times, she would have taken offense to the gesture. The least we can do for you is bury him. She had nodded stiffly, her sleeves still up around her elbows, like she was going to roll out a pie crust on her kitchen table at home. She forgot to roll them down until later that night, sleeping alone on a bedroll under the wagon. They were inappropriately casual that way for her husband's funeral. She should have felt shame, rolling them down, undressing to her bedclothes, and wondering if those men get up to piss, getting up to piss were looking at her body, which would now be sleep unguarded each night. But her husband was buried in unconsecrated soil perhaps dying of one of the seven ugliest sins, and God forgives. She only had one request. They give her his boots. The boots sat empty but upright, like the man he had merely gone invisible in them, at her side while she watched them work. I think it's best we say a few words for those who remember Nima fondly. The guide Poe lowered his hat from his head, bowing in a respectful way to the man's widow, who seemed unmoved by the gesture. This called for the young preacher, who was panting heavily from building the pile of stones, startled into action. He blew his flopping red hair out of his eyes. He blew his flopping red hair out of his eyes, straightening with a tired whistle. A good man... Hux nodded to them, 
absently forming a circle and removing their hats when they realized this was it, the man's funeral. Good husband, good friend. Such passionate words of grief. Ray nodded along, not moving her face to a single descriptor of the lost man. She had given one frustrated wail on this day. Not when he was pronounced dead, but when he was thrown from the stallion's back and landed heavy and hard on one shoulder, the secondary impact straight to the neck. She mourned earlier than most women would think to. The party was too tired to decipher the wailing, difference of wailing then, and not when the man was truly gone from this world. A lame husband was as much of use as a dead one on this trail, and it was something like relief when she found out his neck had snapped clean, and she would not be driving herself and him across this trail. We ask our Lord for her strength, and to bless this man's poor widow. May he grant her the grace to complete this journey. Amen. There were a few mutters of repeated Amen. Ray kept silent, her lips thin. While she kept her face serene, she was already desperately trying to plan. The women folk had not taken as kindly to her, Nima's quiet, odd wife, so she would not likely be invited to share a wagon if hers was to be abandoned. Women were supposed to find nice things to talk about. The weather, the pretty sky, a scrap of ribbon. Ray was never gifted at that art, and was much was more resigned to live alongside them in their place in life. One by one, the men who constructed the hasty grave paid respects and tilted their hats to her. No one had more to say than Huck's, and were equally empty in their shallow pool of sentiment. She not, did not know many of their names, seeing as the men typically led the train or formed a border around it. Her own husband had become as rare a sight to her as her, their faces were, especially on her level, not on horseback above. With the dust that coated him, anyone could have rolled under the wagon, their wagon to sleep beside her, demanding a kiss for his genius plan to head west, and she would have cared just as little. Finn, boldly, as was their friendship on the trail, tugged the one end of her braids affectionately, and she cast him a, a nod. He would go back to his wagon and his young wife, and she already knew they were kind enough, but not stocked enough to carry her as their burden. She shook her head slightly as he walked away, and as, as through erasing the option from a blackboard inside her head, she was unprepared to greet the next mourner. A tall man tilted his black hat to her, the first to put it back on his head when the trailside funeral was done, so she never got a good look at the face underneath. He was the last to leave, though she felt clutch hucks edging at the far reaches of the path back to camp, waiting to speak with her. His presence made her fists clench. She'd throw a punch at a sermon right now. The tall man didn't say much in the form of comfort, but he pointed at the dirt by her feet, turning purple in the fading light. Best not forget those, he warned. The boots. It was fair. She had the men dig them off her husband's stiff, death-swollen feet. She'd nearly forgotten them in her planning. He was the first to notice the extent of her distraction, and not just demure by tragedy. She nodded up at him, not meeting his eyes. 
Not taking her word for it, or assuming her reaction was not one of hopelessness but of mourning, he bent carefully and lifted the shoes by the laces. They were once new boots for a perilous journey. They were in perfectly good form now, though a lot less shiny. It was better to bring them than to leave them rotting in the earth. He dangled them in front of her carefully, brim of his hat tilted down, and she accepted the laces into her hands. Their fingers brushed, he flinched, and too soon pulled his hands away. One boot dropped heavily into the dry earth. Apologies, he muttered, whether her husband or the boots he she did not know, and left her to fumble to pick up the boot up on her own. She bowed her bowed her knees to do just that, and clapped eyes on the grave like eyes watching her from it. She stared at the tower of stone in front of her. This would be the moment to say goodbye to her husband for eternity, better or for worse. She did not find they would go to the same place in the end. At this, Ray almost began to cry. It was the closest to tears she could muster, only the breathing of it, her body quaking as her throat closed up. Because no matter the man, she was alone now. Fool bought a stallion he couldn't ride. Sold their home and dragged her out here. Got thrown off the horse that he bought, idiot, at the first sign of it getting spooked because he never learned to control the damned beast before he relied, uh, rel he relied completely on it. And now she must journey finish this journey for him. She spat into the dirt near his grave, her cheeks flaming with anger, her hands clenched in tight fists. She had to suppress her bile when she was promised so many, by so many fellow travelers today that she could always go back. There was a mother in a wagon that lagged behind hers and that had been told the same thing about a toddler that was bit by a snake that first week. You can go back. Build a proper grave. She had snorted like the stallion that had thrown her husband each time, arms crossed, and hastily excused her manners by being lost to grief with a completely stone expression until the person expressing those condolences went grim and wandered away with a cheap excuse. When she twisted away from the grave, Hux was still waiting. My sincerest condolences, Miss Nima, Mrs. Nima. She placed her bonnet back on her head, despite the growing dark, to shield her face from the warring thoughts inside her. I thank you for expressing them, Ray said, gave him a nod. Arranging her steps around the arena that he had cleared for whatever he had to say to her, as though she had not noticed he had spoken at all. He took a few quick steps to keep up with her walk, keep up with her walk back to camp. It might be indelicate to breach the subject of marriage at this trying time. An adequate statement. The man had only been dead for three hours. But one must always be practical. I am not so softened by sentiment in the matter as you would typically find a widow, Mr. Hux. He, in the inappropriate timing that he had initiated, seemed taken aback by her calm tone. To speak so ill of your recently lost spouse, I speak no ill of him, or of him at all. I speak only of my prime concern, that being the journey ahead, you may conduct your business. He stared at her, so surprised she was keeping up that she had become utterly lost. 
a woman on the trail should be protected. The fading light of dusk had at least hid the way her lips twisted at that. Obviously, my proposal is modest. I aim to set up a small parish when we reach Oregon City, and I would like for my for a wife to help me settle into my claim, to open up the parish community. I would be willing to shoulder you as my burden, my bride, for the journey if you consent to the match. I am not prepared to answer that question immediately. But prepare you must. Your future is in delicate position, Mrs. Nina. Grief is a natural state in the face of this tragedy, but it may strand you here without options. Burdening another wagon to help, so they, for help they might should be given themselves. Heaven helps those who can help themselves. He barely got spared her punch. Barely. She twisted her lips up in a false smile and sh as she retied her bonnet strings. And I have no packed mourner's clothes for this journey. I will think deeply on your generous offer. There was nowhere and no way to go but onward. Thank you. If you would like more, let me know.